This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we're going to do all things rocks, gems, minerals, and lapidary news update. It's a very exciting episode. Um, We are going to talk about bacteria, how it actually makes water out of a rock. We're going to talk about subsurface geological mapping, which is really incredible. Uh, We're going to talk about an event called Thunder Egg Days. We're going to talk about Creta of the Earth Car. Kind of an interesting little side side light. And we're going to talk about In Quest of Space Debris. Next, The Tale of Two Volcanoes. We're going to talk about storing and sharing rocks. And we're going to talk about the gold in our pee from phosphorus briefly. And along with that, we'll look at uh, the latest Rock and Jim news and news from the VUG as we have time. So let's get right into it. So hopefully this episode won't be too long and you'll be able to stay glued to your seat. So guys, hey, I put a lot of work into this and some of you have really shown a lot of appreciation by going to our blog at radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. The link will be uh, on the podcast under the description. At least the address will be there so you can go there and all our links for all our social media, we've got a great Facebook group with uh, well over 800 members, a lot of activity, a lot of education, um, few people selling things, not too much, uh, you know, rocks and gems and stuff, and um, a lot of educational stuff on there that we try to put on there and that our members share and help each other uh, identifying minerals and things like that and talking about different techniques. We've got the link to the YouTube videos, which is slowly uh, getting a few viewers. And of course, we have the link to the podcast that you're listening to right now. And then several blogs, um, a number of blogs, just spent hundreds and hundreds of hours on that. So your attention, uh, we don't ask or sell anything at this point to anyone in our group. Um, we just ask for shares and likes and comments and things like that so that we will get monetized by these different media outlets such as YouTube, Facebook, um, the podcast, and also um, the blog. And it doesn't cost you anything to hit a like or a share um, and help us build our membership up so that we can give back to Rockhounding, help build the channel, but also give to educational clubs that are nonprofit. And maybe if we get uh, going good enough, I don't see any reason why we couldn't, we could actually work on keeping areas open for collecting. So let's get into this discussion. Um, it is a lot of material to handle. We're going to do the best we can. So the first thing, I'm going to talk about this rock that is just incredible. They have discovered that uh, this rock, uh, this bacteria, actually uses a rock to make water. And this is an article on the station of physicstoday.s. Uh, citation.org it's s-c-i-t-a-t-i-o-n.org you can go there and look at the it looks like canobacteria canobacteria is been discovered in very arid environments where there's no water and photosense uh, they use photosense to to make organic acids that dissolve crystal facets of of, uh, gypsum and release water from its lattice structure. Now, 
They were in the um, At- Atacama Desert in northern Chile, which is a super dry area. It's one of the driest places on Earth. And one of the most common minerals found on the surface there is uh, gypsum. And this is a high, you know, a hydrated form of calcium sulfite. It's crystalline. It's usually embedded with the rock. And 21% of its mass is held in water molecules is bound by this lattice. It's also very porous, and these microbes are colonizing inside these rocks' inner pores and creating, uh, by filtering out the UV, they are able to create this acid, which um, helps them get the water out and offers them nourishment. And this article here um, has pictures and samples and goes into quite some detail on how this all works, and it's really interesting. If you want to check it out, um, you can go to... um, physicstoday.scitation.org and um, you can look at that article. It just came out, uh, let's see, huh, my screen doesn't want to come down. It just came out in the last couple days here on May the 7th, so you can check that out. Um, the next thing I thought was really interesting is subsurface geological mapping. Now, what does this mean? You know, already here in America, you can buy these geological survey maps that show, you know, where the igneous rock is and different types of rocks that are found basically on the surface. But what about underneath all that sand and gravel and things like that? As far as knowing what's underneath um, the ground, the only way you can find out is to dig under there, or uh, sometimes drilling will expose some of these things. And really, in reality, there's so much on the earth that we just don't know about. Now, this is this article's coming out from news.ku.edu, and um, this is the, was it Kentucky? No, Kansas University. Kansas University, um, and it came out um, on the 6th. And they're saying that the Kansas Geological Survey has received this funding to be able to do this mapping. And they're going to do a 3D geological profile on the entire country. This is a half a million dollar project um, that is really going to open up a lot of possible new discoveries and things to look at. Um, So if you're really into doing the research... Um, and looking for certain areas for certain types of mineralization and rocks, um, and you know what to look for, those strike zones and things like that, this could be very handy for doing that um, and helping you find maybe possibly a new discovery somewhere that hasn't been um, discovered. So I'll definitely be keeping my eye out on that. That is super interesting. I'm nerdy like that. I love maps. I love the geological surveys. And um, that's that. So the next bit of news. It was entitled The Show Will Go On and it was about this show called The Thunder Eggs Days and it was to be held in uh, July and it was on the um, agroobserver.com and the article came out on the 7th and it's it has a beautiful picture of all these organ um, geodes, traditional organ geodes with the uh, rhyolite skins and uh, most of them, most of them are not geodes, they're actually nodules, but some of them are geodes. And they're filled um, with windows and uh, shapes and um, things like that. 
and they're abundant. You know, the, the Awi area is known for these um, geodes. And this festival that is was going to take place, they were very happy about it because they figured the country was opening up and everything. And, uh, you know, then it turns around here and come to find out the governor, um, Kate Brown, decided to cancel all gatherings all the way through to September. I mean, this is just crazy to close this down. I <laughs> I don't want to get political or anything because um, that's not what I do here. We just talk about rocks. But it looked like they were ready to go. They had the okay. And now, uh, you know, it's being pulled back. Very disappointing. This was to be um, also very educational for children. Um, there was a lot of school districts that were going to be going to this. The NASA school district um, was was uh, involved in this and gave his blessing to hold the events. Everything was set to go. And then, you know, this political um, thing here has happened to just pull it out. There was going to be a car show, um, live music, you know, all these rocks and education, fireworks, everything. And it's just been killed. So really sad. Um, hopefully we can get back to normal in some of the states here in this country and get some of our rock shows going because um, we need we need to get back to normal here. And uh, if you're healthy, unhealthy, or at risk, then, you know, definitely be safe. Okay, next one. Um, this is kind of the side point. This wasn't really about rocks, but it popped up in my search, and I thought it was really interesting. I'm not promoting this um, vehicle or this company, but it was in overdrive.in um, instead of .com. It's .in, and it starts off with uh, telling us about the Earth and how the Earth is made from this, you know, it's from the beginning of time, and it's rich in oxygen and silica and, you know, all these things. And then they start talking about this car called the Creta. I guess that's how you pronounce it, C-R-E-T-A. And they're saying it has a rigid structure. It's made of all this steel from the Earth, the strongest body ever imaginable. And it says uh, highly advanced use of this high-strength steel, A-H-S-S, and uh, manufactured with the all-new Creta structure is... You know, it's made with this this magic sheet metal and the styling and the silica in the glass and all these parts of the earth water, uh, the fluidity of it and blah, blah, blah. You know, they're using all these uh, interesting uh, terms that us that are interested in the geology and the rocks and the minerals, they're using them all to describe this, this car here. And uh, it seems like it is kind of a... Uh, earthy car it has a electric assist uh, motors that are built into it and uh, anyway you can check that out if you're interested in looking at that i thought that was kind of fun the next topic of news is on meteorite hunters you know um if you're here in america and you've been in rock county for a while you know that meteorites are out there and there's certain areas there where they've been found but uh, this is an interesting story of a meteorite hunter um, whose name is Tolga, and he is also from China, and um, he is right in the area where Russia, China, and Mongolia come together, and his area where he is is really rich in meteors, and the story is on uh, shine.cn, and uh, it just came out uh, on the 5th, 
and it's called Meteorite Hunters in the Quest for Space Debris. It's quite lengthy, but um, he talks about these meteorites that he's found, um, beautiful ones all over, laying on the ground. He's found two uh, meteorites that were sisters. He found, uh, uh, he talks about some of the other pieces of meteors from this huge meteorite that was found called the Tear of Allah. It's an 18-ton meteorite that was found in Ultai by herdsmen in 1986, and it remained there for a long time, um, for years, until 2011, until the government um, got the equipment out there to actually haul it in. So, uh, yeah, really interesting story. He talks about these meteorites, how he looks for them with the metal detector, um, he talks about selling them to the highest bidder, saying that some of these um, fragments from these famous meteorites can sell for um, up to $10,000 per gram, depending on the rarity of the piece. So, like, if you were to find a piece around the tier of Allah there, then this would be one of these premium pieces that could sell for a top, top dollar. Now, there, of course, there's counterfeiters, um, so you have to watch out and make sure you're getting the real deal. But it's a really interesting article if you want to check that out on shine.cn. Um, the next one is on a tale of two volcanoes. Now, I'm not going to go into this too much, but um, this article is found at uh, physics.org, and it's the whole word's not spell out, spelled out. It's phys.org. It was written May 11th. And they talk about some of the minerals that are inside there. They've got some pictures here about, you know, hornblende and uh, uh, magnetite and olivine and bubbles and all these different parts with pictures in it. And talking about these major volcanoes that exploded about some 3,200 years ago in, in the island in the, Meridian, in the Mediterranean Sea which it's most of it is in the sea and covered up but some of these islands still have their volcanic history all over um, where you can look at it and these are in Greece if you wanted to go there and check that out but it's a really interesting article it goes into huge um, details on how one volcanic volcano was just a huge explosion just so much violence and the pieces are you know just ripped to shreds and then another the other volcano that went off about the same time was like toothpaste there was no fireworks or anything it just oozed and oozed and oozed and just covered everything up and um just amazing they feel that that volcano went on and on for a long long time and like i said there's graphs here on how the volcano is um in the ocean where the buildup is the sediment the basalt layers um how the mantle is is plays into this and this sub um i forget how they say it but this recycling machine of how this volcanic stuff just keeps coming up into the earth and pushing some of it down and some of it up um, it's just really good uh, way of looking and understanding um, volcanoes and just the way minerals move and flow and ebb. They've got actual pictures of some of the lava domes that are on the islands. Um, it's just really neat, really neat stuff. So hopefully you can uh, check that out. Let's see. Our next one, storing and sharing ancient rocks. So this, I thought, was going to be an article on, you know, how do we catalog what we find and, you know, just keep good records. Because how often do you dig in the bucket and go, man, where did I get that from, right? 
it's not always good to do that. As you get more experience, you kind of want to know that history and remember that. Now, this is found at nature.com, and the article was written on the 11th of May, and it says, Store and Share Ancient Rocks. Now, it goes into how um, they're using the information of rocks, the chemical record and the rock record and, you know, carbon uh, isotope ratios and, you know, carbon dating and all this stuff to try to figure out how the earth came along. And they're trying to figure out how life came along and snowballs. And I mean, it just goes on and on, all these different things. And then quite a ways through the article, um, it starts to talk about how that we're getting these samples and stuff and we don't really always know exactly where they came from right were they on the surface were they found in a creek did they travel were they found in a core um you know and that this information is very important and there's just really not a lot of information part of it is because some of these geologists um don't want to give away the areas where they are making the discoveries but if they want to get a printed article or anything um, it's required that they would have to give up this data. But I would just say for our personal um, collections, as well as just, you know, future information on being educated on the geological happenings of the earth, that that is important that we document a little bit on our minerals and rocks, um, what they are, where they where we got them, or at least a good idea where we thought they came from, where they were on the surface, in a river, or whatnot. All right, now for one of our, we're getting close to the conclusion here. Um, we just got about three more things. One is phosphorus in our pee, the new gold. Wow. So you didn't think it was worth, uh, worth uh, uh, the bucket to pee in, but according to this article at uh, www.dw.com, uh, it was written apparently on the 5th by Karen Jagger, and she says here that it's pretty expensive to mine phosphorus, and I guess it's just not as uh, easy to do, and they're finding out that uh, they could use um, the sewage and get this phosphorus out, which is actually causing problems in the piping when they're cleaning this stuff out. Um, and they can use this for fertilizer. And um, they were saying that this one particular plant is uh, got like 400 tons of of uh, phosphorus that they could produce from this thing a year. And uh, they could use it to irrigate and fertilize thousands of square miles of soil. And uh, it's just kind of an interesting article. And also it helps, you know, while they're purifying the water to reuse it, they're getting all these good things out of it. So, you know, we need 700 milligrams a day. So it makes sense um, that there's going to be a lot of that as a residue. Now, they're selling this 400 tons of phosphorus annually um, under the patented name of Berliner Philanzer, which translates to Berlin plant. So sounds like they're doing that in uh, Germany. Yep, Germany since 2017. Um, they have uh, issued these sewage and sludge ordinances, and they are just looking for different ways of um, making money off of it. And they have an interesting little chart here that shows this uh, recycling uh, system from the water and the urine and things like that. It's just crazy. So um, other things also can be found inside this uh, human waste that is actually 
got a value to it if it, it can be done um, properly and um, in in a in an efficient enough fashion. All right, that's our main news. Um, we're going to get into the Rock and Jim. First of all, uh, Rock and Jim has a little site on there where they say you might be a rock hound if. And I love those. Um, theirs have been kind of long and clunky, but here it is. It says, you might be a rock hound if when someone asks you how well you're handling not being able to see someone important, uh, some important people in your life during quarantine, you can confirm it's been tough. However, you're communicating with your local mineral shop via Facebook, so it's okay. But um, bump right? Okay, so there's that. Um, let's see, other rock and gym news. I'm not sponsored by them. Uh, I just think it's a great magazine. Uh, I think it is something that Rockhound should be uh, and gym and mineral enthusiast and lapidary person should have um, at least this magazine. Uh, there's a good article on uh, silicon dioxide uh, being more than just quartz, uh, minerals as decorative art, um, helenite, uh, the uses of that earth science in the news about glaciers they have um, dinosaur ridge aiming for virtual adventures at dinosaur ridge that sounds good um, earth science promoting ethics in gemstone trade that ought to be a good one emeralds i have that magazine that was really cool i love emeralds um, and other articles are there if you want to look at that it's rock and then the letter n Jim.com, R-O-C-K-N-G-E-M.com, and The Vug. Now, The Vug had a lot of news. We're just going to go over the highlights, but apparently some new hydrothermal chimneys have been discovered on the seafloor just off of Washington, and um, these are some 220 miles northeast of Washington State, and they see that the seafloor is actually kind of ripping apart. And here is these uh, step seeps and geysers and thermal vents that are building up with this superheated mineral-rich water that uh, is just amazing, right? Also, um, they talk about uh, a blue rare sharn, which is a metamorphic rock, um, in calcium, magnesium, iron, magnesium, aluminum, silicates, which are referred to as calcilica materials. There's an article on that if that's something you're interested in. Anything blue, I like. Also, um, there was another article here. Fossil reveals evidence of a 200 million year old squid attack. So they found a fossil here, um, likely a well where uh, it is in a collection in the British Geological uh, Survey in Nottingham, uh, England, obviously. And they have the marks that shows that, yes, this creature was attacked by a giant squid. They say it's 200 million years old, but uh, how could they really know, right? All right. Now, guys, if you appreciate this content, you are going to go to Radical Rocks USA dot blogspot.com if you can't remember you're going to look at the description for the podcast you're going to go there and you're going to subscribe to our blogs to our facebook group and to our um to our podcast if you're able to do that and also for our youtube videos and help support rock hounding okay remember rock hounds don't die they petrify